What's up, nerds and nerdettes? Welcome to another episode of 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I'm your host, the Duke of Nerds, the sweet tea of the nerdy South, Tyler Mack, and joined by the co-host, the podfather of 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the juicy one, the doctor of nerdonomics. He's out to make Earth nerd again. He's the Maxwell Shrek to my Oswald Cobblepot. Ooh. I am a man. He is Dr. Davis. How are you, Doc? Right I, now, I'm, I'm I'm ashamed that I can't do a, a good Christopher Walken impression. I don't even want to attempt it. He whispered in, in this one. He does a lot of the whisper walking as opposed to a lot of this. He does a lot of the Oswald. He does, yeah. He wore so much makeup. Yes, I didn't. I mean, all of them do really like yeah. the pale Tim Burton face yeah, that Burton. you know they all have, and uh, Christopher Walken and the kid playing his uh, his son, they mm-hmm. were like so plastic looking. I think that was the point. Anyway, yeah, Burton has a thing with plastic. Yes. Um. So, how's life? I mean, you know, we just—it's only been a few days since we last talked. Um. We, we, we discussed, you know, a lot of stuff. Um, by the time you're hearing this episode, nerds, you will have celebrated Christmas. Hope How everyone had a great Christmas. Cheers to you and all that. Yes. Yes. I uh, hope everyone had a Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays, whatever you may celebrate out there. Um, I, I genuinely used to not like the christmas season in my years when i was living in pigeon forge because of all the commercialism of christmas and i've probably talked about it a hundred times on here living in pigeon forge the five years that i did christmas is seven six or seven months out of the year and then the other six months is summer it's a summer then it's christmas in pigeon Mm -hmm. Forge. they just now in the last few years got to the point of celebrating halloween finally but like lights christmas lights go up in september usually they start putting them up on the light poles and all that and they don't go down till april so i didn't think that they even took them down some places don't um like so there are some places in dollywood that keep the lights on they're like they're just turned off so it's hard to tell that there's christmas lights um 
And and I did not learn till I was a local uh, living up there that there's no fund paying for those. The locals electric bill, Sevier County locals energy bill is hiked up to pay for all those Christmas lights that people come from all around to see for the Winterfest. Um, but, you know, I, I have to say the last few years I've, I've enjoyed Christmas a lot more. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with Maddie, um, I guess, bringing happiness into my life again <laughs> um, and just getting to spend as much time with with the family as we do. Um, I'm enjoying Christmas again. I'm looking forward to uh, future Christmases and I'm not as much a Scrooge as I used to be about Christmas. And I think a lot of it has to do with, I am now doing so much more in life that I am happy with. I'm happy, you know? So I've said that a couple of times in the last few weeks. I'm happy. Um, but yeah, man, how's your, uh, how's your last few days been? Pretty good, man. I always love my, my breaks. Um, just so much fun. And I'm, I'm a lot like you in the sense of I used to not care for Christmas and all that. It was just plus I, I worked in retail for so long. Oh, yeah. Golly. Shout out to the old GameStop and the old FYE and all the, that stuff. That I used to and- <laughs> oh, yeah. And that too. Um, so I uh, didn't care for. It. But now that, you know, I have a family and we're starting to have the traditions and stuff. And plus over the break. Normally, you and I and Logan always get to see each other at least once or twice, and we always have a good time. So um, I'm just really enjoying the holiday time and uh, looking forward to it. It's not quite Christmas yet as we're recording. As we said, when this is released, we'll have already passed, but looking forward to Christmas over the next couple of days. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So last last week, last time was good. I enjoyed it. Last, well, it was really last few days for us, but last episode of the show, of course, we uh, talked about one of my all-time favorite movies. I think one of Tyler's all-time favorites as well, and that's The Fellowship of the Ring. 20 years! Can you believe it's 20 years old? It's one year away from being able to order a drink at Applebee's. And when it turns 21, we'll take it out for a drink. <laughs> yeah. What if, we, what if we actually took a copy to next year when it turns 21 we took a copy with us to like applebee's or something and set it a little hat on it bought it its own banner <laughs> be like make uh, a little make here. a little id for it you know <laughs> what are y'all doing here we're buying our uh, our fellowship uh, uh his first beer <laughs> um 21 years old today can you believe it <laughs> uh I yeah it. that was sorry we keep walking all over each other Sorry, that I, that always happens when we zoom. I know. Anyway, uh, what was the last thing we said? Uh, I enjoyed it. I did too, man. I always love talking about Lord of the Rings, like number one franchise, probably uh, for both of us. Lord of the Rings is the number one trilogy. Really? If you haven't seen that video, by the way, we forgot to talk about it. Yeah. Like all four of the original Hobbits plus uh, Land of Bloom. They did a, a little rap thing with uh, Stephen Colbert talking about uh, Lord of the Rings being the number one trilogy. Very entertaining. So check that out. And and I was shocked that there hasn't been a lot of fireback from like Star Wars fans. 
there hasn't been a lot of like social media blasting of like no star wars is the number one truth because well, I think people realize huh you know maybe it is the uh 50 year anniversary of the original star wars will be here eventually so yeah. we'll see what the talk is when, when that day yeah. comes but on this day we're going to talk about batman returns the sequel to the 1989 tim burton batman movie starring mr michael keaton and uh, I, I think that overall, Batman Returns is an underrated movie. That's my take on it. I think it is. Um, obviously, it's not talked about enough. As Nobody ever talks about it. Mine is because of Jack Nicholson's Joker. And it's not talked about in comparison to the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, but, but I enjoy it. Keaton's Batman. He's back. He's, he's even more seasoned as an actor of Batman. So... We had already gotten him as Batman uh, in the previous movie. So he, he had already been through that, that kind of origin into the character. So you can tell that even Keaton in this one is a little more seasoned to be the Cape Crusader. I learned that he, um, he cut a lot of the lines, like 50% of Batman's lines. He uh, was behind them cutting them out of the movie. He's like, oh, Batman's way too chatty. So I could see that being being the case. You know, you don't want Batman to talk too much. Or was it, eh, I just really don't want to say all these lines. <laughs> and if you think about it, Batman's really not in the movie all that much. No. It's really more about Penguin and Catwoman yeah. and, and you know, really more Bruce Wayne. Uh, yeah. Not a lot of Batman. So who knows? But I thought that was really interesting. But, you know, before we get into Batman, I got to tell you, we're still we're still reeling after Spider-Man No Way Home. Right. I mean, it was all right. You know, it, it was OK. No big deal. No big deal. But uh, I just I couldn't help myself. I was out doing my last minute Christmas shopping, as you talked about last week. Some of us waited until Mary's water broke before we, <laughs> took, you know, steps to get things finalized. But I was out and about and I thought, you know what? You know what? <laughs> I'm just going to watch it again. <laughs> I'm just, I'm out and about. I was out by myself. I've been good this year. I deserve a little more Spider Man in my life. <laughs> so, you know what? I went, uh, I, I saw. Spider-Man again, and I saw it in 4DX. First time ever, ever experiencing that. Is it not quite an experience? It was, you know, I think I might have said last time, I know I said when we got out of the movie originally, I feel like I was on a roller coaster. Literally this time, I felt like I was on a roller coaster. Because in 4DX, it's like your seats are motioned with the movie. So, like, when Spider-Man shoots a web and swings, your seats kind of sway like you're swinging in the webs. When he gets hit or he gets thrown down on the ground, there's a little thing in the back of the seat that sort of, like, pulses like you're being hit in the back. Um, They spray mist on you if it's raining or, or there's an explosion or something like that. And one interesting thing was like when Sandman would sort of do his little dissolve and fly away thing, they had fog machines shooting fog up in front of the screen. Wow. So it was really, really, really cool. Um, 
sometimes it was a little uncomfortable because like you're trying to hold your popcorn or take a sip of your drink and you're like shaking and being thrown around and thrashing everywhere but uh it was a really cool experience and i just really want to talk a little bit more about it so can we just go ahead and and i know it's been almost a week now but let's say if you haven't seen spider-man and you intend to see it and it's you know you're, you're trying to avoid the spoilers go ahead and cut out now we're going to talk about it for a little bit. So five, four, three, two, one. Holy cow. Um, <laughs> just as good. Uh, the time. It was just as good the second time. And there were several people, uh, you know, around me in the theater who I could tell it was their first time because they had all their reactions. And overall, the theater was not reacting, you know, like the one we were in. Um, so they were kind of holding it back a little bit like, oh, yes, you know, or you could tell, you know, they had someone with them who wasn't quite as big of a fan as them. They were like leaning over and like, oh, this, this is this or this is that. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm, I wonder how they're going to react to this or that or whatever. Um, but you know what? My, I think my biggest takeaway, the thing that I am that I enjoy the most about this movie, other than, you know, the the returns of the other two guys. Uh, the villains, man, Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina, still the show, in my opinion. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. Um, coming back, I never thought we would see Green Goblin again, especially Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin. And did you know um, they were just saying recently that one condition on him returning was he said, "I want to do all of my stunts. I want to do all of the fighting and everything because he loves doing it so much. It's so much fun for him." And he said, "And I don't want to just like." up here you know and just be there in the background i i want to i want to really go all in for this and and he did um so i i love that aspect of it and that was like the biggest takeaway for me i think walking away just enjoying the performance of those two guys so much yeah. and just thinking of how cool it is that you know the first spider-man was 2002 so like 19 years ago this has been almost 20 years in the making yeah and we got this who would ever thought I mean, it, uh, it's it's crazy to think about. Um, yeah, to think about like how far we've come with Marvel alone, let alone comic book movies, from the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. Like, you don't think that, like, oh, it's really not been that long. No, it's been a long freaking time, and we have had so much happen with with the building of the MCU, with other Spider-Man, with where DC has gone with the comic book genre from Spider-Man has just grown exponentially since Toby donned the suit the first time. And we never, we never even could have predicted that. So that almost that long ago that, that a little bit into the future, well, it's not a little bit, it's a lot of bit into the future now. Um, yeah we would have everything we have. I know. Uh, it's so unbelievable. And I didn't talk about this because we were just still sort of in awe when we, when we talked a little bit about Spider-Man last time. I thought the movie was just perfect, you know, like towards the end there when, you know, uh, Tom is beaten up on Goblin. He's taking the glider and he's about to get him. I'm like, oh, wow, what a great ending here. And Toby's going in for the save. He saved Goblin when he couldn't save him before in the original one. 
and then they they get us and they think that that toby's dead goblin comes up and stabs him and i remember the reaction i had like i almost i remember the reaction you had too (laughs) i was like collapsing over on myself like oh my god they just ruined this whole thing for me left your face I thought if if Toby was dead, I was like, I'm done. Like this is ruined this whole thing for me. So they they got us on that. It's like it's okay. I've been stabbed before. No big deal. And I was like, oh god, oh man, Marvel, you you cheeky, <laughs> you, cheeky you know son. what you you son of a gun, you. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, in in watching all of the Spider Man movies leading up to this. I have noticed the differences in the relationship between Peter and, and Aunt May and all of them. They're all so unique, okay? Like, the first Aunt May, the Tubman McGuire Aunt May, that is the, like, we go to her for the wisdom. And, like, she's the one giving these, you know, uh, empowering words of wisdom to, to Toby or to, to Peter. And he remembers that in, as he goes forth as Spider-Man and that's how he overcomes his, his villains or whatever. So he goes there for the wisdom. Andrew Garfield and Sally Field Aunt May, theirs was more of the emotional relationship. Like they had a lot of very dramatic scenes together, lots of like pulling at the heartstrings and like that kind of deal. And then with the uh, Marissa Tomei at May, we had more of like the humor and the fun at May. And obviously they do the jokes about, you know, all the dudes are trying to <laughs> trying to date her and everything. Um, but what's so, so cool about this Aunt May that I never really thought about or expected was if you think about it, we've, ne- we've never heard about the MCU Uncle Ben. He's never been mentioned. You know, they sort of allude to, oh, Aunt May's been through a lot. With everything that's happened with Aunt May, I don't want her to know about me being Spider-Man. But he's never been mentioned. Because Aunt May is this Spider-Man's Uncle Ben. And that's just so cool. Um, And so unexpected. And we've talked before about, like, who's going to play Uncle Ben? We need to see Uncle Ben in a flashback or something. No, we don't. Maybe there was no Uncle Ben. Yeah. I don't know, you know? Yeah, I mean, and and that's that's a... uh an answer that we may not need, um, you know, moving forward, however many more he does. Um, is there a chance that there could be an uncle Ben character? There's always a chance, but yeah. I think that we're, we're at a point where we're like, we don't need him. We had the yeah, moment. No. With the, Aunt that, yeah. Spider-Man has to lose somebody and he has to get that, that, um, that lesson about great power and, and responsibility yep. and all that. Um, and that was his moment for it. And that's when he truly became Spider-Man, you know? Yeah. Very poetic to where like at the end when he's like, everyone will forget who Peter Parker is, blah, blah, blah. Or that Peter Parker's Spider-Man. It's almost like he stops being Peter Parker. He gave up Peter Parker. He's Spider-Man. For, yeah. And for the so, greater good. And that's what Spider-Man stands for. Yeah. It's always for the greater good and it's beautiful it's beautiful the the and and one thing that i didn't mention the last time is you would have thought that these three have been in movies together before yeah like they weren't just meeting for the first time <laughs> or they've been in multiple movies together because of their chemistry 
their chemistry was just so good. And now there's all this talk about the fans saying, we want Amazing Spider-Man 3 now. Like, we want Andrew Garfield to come back. We can't explain this. And, like, I could see the trailer now. Like, it's Andrew Garfield. Like, I'm Spider-Man. No, not this Spider-Man. Show Tom Holland. I'm this Spider-Man. Like, sort of set it up that way uh, for the people who... Technically, his venom would be Tom Hardy. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work because Tom Hardy disappeared and went back to whatever somewhere from. We don't know if he went back, but I don't know what's going on with Venom. Yeah. But you know, that's the time. And he said, I want to fight an alien. So yeah. man, I loved Andrew. I loved all of them, of course, but like I really loved Andrew Garfield in this uh in this movie. And they all had their redemption moments, like you know, uh, he saved uh, MJ and Toby saved uh, Norman Osborn. And uh, he, you know, Andrew Garfield can really be Spider-Man now. He's had that redeeming moment, you know. Yeah. So seeing him with that new confidence and everything going forth, I'd love to see him in another another Spider-Man movie. Oh, he was so funny, man. He had one of my favorite lines when he looked at Toby McGuire and he was like, so are you just going to go into battle dressed as a cool youth pastor or <laughs> do you have a suit? <laughs> so yeah uh i like what he says to mj where he's like you have this whole i don't trust you thing going on you're very uh you're you're not a very trusting person i respect that i respect it okay then he just does the little jump up thing like why why do i need to crawl no i don't need to crawl um i can't wait to see what happens man i can't wait to is Ned going to become a sorcerer? Like, uh, is he, he going to become Hobgoblin? Because that that definitely could be a thing. Uh, I don't know. Could be. Hope not. Hope not. Hope uh, I don't want to see villain Ned unless it's like a variant or something like that. Yeah. I like our Ned being guy in the chair. Yeah. Or possibly a sorcerer. I'll be okay with that, too. I definitely um, plan on going back a couple more times. Um, uh, I I want to go back with with you again. I want to go back with Maddie. So we, I just I need to go back and watch it a couple more times before I can truly like do it. Letting it all sink in. It's it's yeah. a lot, lot to process. And we're hearing that the Doctor Strange uh, movie coming up in May is going to be a lot like this. We're going to see some some people uh, from other franchises, maybe. So yeah. uh, crossover stuff. I'm really looking forward to it. I think I think I texted you and Logan in the group and said I think this was to whet our appetite. Mm. Like yeah. this still isn't the multiverse. This still isn't everything we can be given with the multiverse. And this was to whet our appetite. All right, we're gonna get some of this out of the way so we can see how you react and get you ex- ready because come next May. You probably won't be ready for what we're bringing. I mean, just in the teaser alone, we saw dark Doctor Strange from What If. Yeah. Like that Doctor Strange from What If. What's he called? Like Supreme Sorcerer? Yeah, Supreme Sorcerer Strange. Something like that. Yeah, I'm really, really, uh, I'm really excited about it. May is a a long way away, so... uh, it is. Are we even getting any uh, more uh, Disney Plus shows on the Marvel side? I mean, we'll get another Hawkeye, but other than that, 
we're we're done uh, for a little bit. Man, and just when things were really heating up again, I saw a I saw a meme that I posted to our Instagram from another podcast, and I their their name is in the picture, so I'm giving them credit for it. But it's a uh, 2021 started with Wanda. 2022 starting with the Scarlet Witch. So it'll be cool to see like we got WandaVision Wanda early in 2021. And then like now we're going to get to see Scarlet Witch. I love in that teaser when he's like, I need to talk to you. She's like, I was wondering when you'd come by. Look, I've made mistakes. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not here to talk to you about Westview. Like (laughs) you needed that. We know. we're We're getting an Agatha show at some point. Yeah, House of Harkness, which I would imagine would introduce us to Scratch. Yeah. Person. And maybe there we can finally get a little Mephisto action. So the the Nerdiverse will chill out with the Mephisto thoughts. We uh, shall see. We it shall looks see. like we're, we're moving away from Marvel, taking a little breather on Marvel and moving back into Star Wars territory with uh, Book of Boba Fett coming out here in just a few days. So. Um, and I believe before Doctor Strange, we'll get the Batman. I'm very excited, but I'm still reserving. I'm not trying to get too into it. You're cautiously optimistic. Yes. Which I'm pretty much most DC fans kind of live in that that area these days. Cautiously yeah. optimistic. Yep. But I'm excited, man. Um, speaking of that, a few things I wanted to discuss with you is some insanity coming out of dc it's already been announced that michael keaton will be returning as batman for hbo's batgirl oh wow yes Um, he has been cast in that uh which could hint towards the fact that dc is continuing with an older bruce older Batman, maybe getting into the Terry McGinnis world. If they don't do Batman Beyond, they are missing such a, a great opportunity. With Chalamet as Terry McGinnis, telling you he would he'd be great. He would be really, really good. Yes, he he needs to bulk up a little bit, though, don't you think? Yeah, he does. To be Batman. Uh, also, um, I could see this, knowing that, I could see Batfleck dying in The Flash movie or that that universe being erased that timeline blah 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 because in the trailer which i watched the teaser again before we started recording um keaton's batman says you've been to multiple timelines now in your life why are you fighting so hard to protect this timeline because it's the timeline his mother's alive flashpoint we know that that story is so I could imagine them being like, this is Batflex's true exit. And it's a true exit from that timeline. So I would say Wonder Woman 3 will be Gal's last Wonder Woman. Aquaman 2 may be Momoa's last Aquaman. And we may be stuck in this new timeline where Bruce is old. And we get the Batman Beyond timeline. With Batgirl and Supergirl instead of Superman. I don't know what DC's doing, but they've definitely made waves um, tonight alone as we're recording. Within the last hour, 
of them announcing that Keaton is returning and they're moving forward with this. In the last hour, more than 4,000 tweets with the hashtag BoycottWB has started trending in the last hour. For what reason? Disrespect to the Snyderverse. um, Because technically, you know, Batfleck is the Snyderverse, along with Cavill and Godot and Momoa's Aquaman is all still considered Snyderverse. And a lot of people are still upset with the blatant disregard to it. Like, you can tell they're trying to just kind of put out stuff and distance from the Snyderverse and create their own third universe, fourth universe. But as a DC fan, and what we've seen with the multiverse now already in Marvel, is the DC does the multiverse really well in the comics and in the animated series and stuff like that. You can have multiple Batman in different universes, different Earths, Mm -hmm. as the way DC does it. You can have multiple Superman. You can have different blah, blah, blah. It just doesn't feel like WB cares. And and I'm not speaking for me personally. I need to do a little more digging and more thinking on it, especially after seeing The Flash. I need to see The Flash first before I can really say anything. But I don't think it's been a secret how a lot of DC fans have felt about WB over the last few years. Um, and I, I think it's by the, apparently by the looks of social media getting worse and worse. Um, it's to the point where I kind of wish WB would sell DC to somebody who can respect it a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know who, because WB is a big company up there with disney i mean i don't know if they would sell it to like universal or sony or something but i i don't think they'd ever sell dc to disney i don't know but yeah i don't see that happening i don't see them selling because it's just so uh, And, and that's the thing is it still makes them so much money even when they piss us off because it's hashtag boycott yeah yeah i i don't see this whole boycott thing going any further i really don't um i think it's just people upset right now and as as we've started to slowly uh dive into the mentality of people behind a computer um do and say a lot (laughs) but i guarantee you most of these people tweeting this hashtag will be in the seats for flash i'm very excited for flash i'm excited for it um you know, I, my mentality has changed so much just since we started this show three seasons ago um, about a lot of things. So uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, did you see that they announced uh, a massive coming in February whenever Afterlife drops on DVD, Blu-ray, whatever? Sony is releasing a massive box set of like six movies. Yep. In the Ghostbuster universe. Yep. Leaving out 2016's Ghostbusters. Paul Feig took to social media and was like furious that his Ghostbusters, his 2016 Ghostbusters was not being included in the massive box set. Like, it's unfair. And, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's mean and it's sad and... His tweet was um, at Sony Pictures. I know this must be a mistake, he wrote. 
we do have a lot of fans and and bill dan and ernie were in it and it won the kids choice award for best feature film of the year so i guess this was just an oversight maybe let me know i don't think it's an oversight it should have been included in all fairness yes it should have been included. but the ghostbusters they're selling in this box set is the ghostbusters that started it all the canon yes uh however a lot of people took to social media and started tweeting to him old interviews with like ernie hudson and dan Aykroyd from 2017 and 2018 and in a 2017 interview Aykroyd discussed the film on british talk show uh saying that Feig will not be back on a Sony lot anytime soon. According to Aykroyd, Feig spent too much time on the lot and he didn't shoot scenes that we, the original Ghostbusters, suggested to him. So apparently Feig spent a lot of time ignoring the thoughts of the original three Ghostbusters. That's a no-no. It is a no-no. Like, again. Come on, Paul, do better. In all fairness, it absolutely should be included. It is a Ghostbusters title. It did have fans. It it's did. there. It doesn't mean you have to watch it if you buy yeah, the set. It, put it in the set. You know, it's there. But <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I like Aykroyd saying that a year after the movie came out. And like he's, he's backpedaled a little bit. Um, clarifying his comments saying like you know i enjoyed the film i enjoyed it i just wish he would have been more inclusive with the originators of the film and i mean he makes valid points yeah does Aykroyd makes valid points and in feig's defense i guess it does in all fairness belong in the box set i just thought that that was hilarious coming off of the the series we did on ghostbusters our thoughts on the 2016 one the discussion of how like you know people try to ignore it it's not canon and then this pops up <laughs> today while i'm on break and i was like oh my god it's perfect timing <laughs> like, I <laughs> talk about this it's crazy man i mean i'm excited i hate i don't obviously i don't hate that no way home came out but i do hate for ghostbusters that no Way Home caused them to rush Ghostbusters out of the theaters to make room for more theaters to hold. Like Sony purposely was like, all right, let's go ahead and get Ghostbusters out of theaters so we can make more room for more theaters to show No Way Home. It's been out for a while, man. It has. It has. I know. Like a month and a half or something. Well, for some of us, I don't know if you know this, <clears throat> but for some of us, we had already seen it. Uh, quite a while ago at uh, New York Comic Con. Some of us had already seen it. So I don't know if I told you this. No, I've never heard that before. Ah, ah. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the story sometime. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> but yeah, man, I thought those were some interesting topics to discuss. Um, it'll be interesting to see where DC fans go from here. And uh, maybe before it's actually out, maybe they'll decide to include Ghostbusters 2016 in its box set but if you don't have anything else to discuss we will uh take a quick break here 
We're going to step away for a small intermission. And when we get back, we're going to be breaking down and talking all things Batman Returns for the Christmas season. So stay tuned. More 30 Nerdy Podcasts will return. 30 Nerdy's presenting sponsor and the home of all of the official 30 Nerdy swag is Advertising Expressions. Juice. What would Superman be without the big S on his shirt? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Iron Man? What what if he couldn't slap that Stark Industries logo on everything? You know, Clark and Tony, they probably go to advertising expressions, like us, for all their advertising needs. Oh, yeah. And so should you. And when you need your own symbol, like for work, church, school, a team of super friends, maybe, check out Advertising Expressions. They can help you get your name and logo in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. That's right. So whether you're a billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, or faster than a speeding bullet, check out Advertising Expressions at advertising-expressions.com. Or give them a call at 423-586-3270. And tell them the nerds at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. Tennessee Legend Distillery was founded in 2015 and has quickly become one of the top distilleries for natural extracts and ingredients in its spirits. With no high fructose corn syrup, artificial sweeteners, or harmful ingredients, Tennessee Legend Distillery has four locations in the state of Tennessee with our Newport, Sevierville, Cookville, and Nashville distilleries. You see, at Tennessee Legend Distillery, we have spent more time focused on the quality of our spirits than the number of our stores. We have a great selection of non-flavored spirits as well, like vodka, bourbon, whiskey, and gin. Tennessee Legend Distillery has multiple awards and medals for state, national, and international spirit contests, and even carries 2019's Best Tasting Whiskey in the state of Tennessee with our Salted Caramel 60 Proof Whiskey. We offer discounts for veterans, active military, nurses, police officers, firefighters, first responders, and even multiple bottle discounts. Don't live in Tennessee? We ship to select states. Go to GACraftSpirits.com to see if we deliver to you. That's G-A-C-R-A-F-T-S-P-I-R-I-T-S dot com. If you stop by the Sevierville location, tell them 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you and be a legend with Tennessee Legend Distillery by receiving a free shot glass and 15% off of your order. What are you waiting for? Cheers to you. My name is Paige, and I'm the host of Reverie True Crime. Reverie means to daydream, but even daydreams can turn into nightmares. Join me as I tell you haunting and horrific reveries about missing people and senseless murders. I also interview survivors and people seeking justice for themselves or a loved one. New episodes come out every Monday morning, and sometimes you'll get bonus episodes on Thursdays. Wherever you're listening to this current podcast right now, you can find Reverie True Crime.
All right, welcome back, nerds and nerdettes. We are celebrating a movie that we have already said is underrated. And we're going to be talking about Batman Returns, the sequel to the Michael Keaton Batman. This one obviously stars Michael Keaton. And we see the villains, the Penguin played by Danny DeVito, Catwoman played by Michelle Pfeiffer, and Maxwell Shrek played by The Walken himself. Uh... Juice, um, your initial thoughts. When someone says Batman Returns, what do you think? Okay. Um, actually, pretty sure my very first memories of Batman are uh, Batman Returns. I, and I think, I could be wrong on this, that the first time that I ever attempted to go to the movies was with my dad. That was our thing. Um, he would take me to the movies and I think we tried to go see Batman Returns. I have just images of this sort of, you know, implanted in my brain. And I remember Penguin was up on the screen and I absolutely lost my mind. I freaked out. I was like three years old or something. Okay. Yeah, so, we were three. Um, so we had to, we had to leave cause I was so upset, <laughs> but I remember that I just really liked Batman. Right. Yeah. And so somebody got me the VHS of Batman Returns and it was one of those movies that I just, would play over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, so that's my first memories of Batman. And then after that, of course, the, I got into the animated series. But mm-hmm. I also remember back in the day, you go into McDonald's and they would have a little display case up with the current Happy Meal toys. And I remember being tiny, 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 little, little baby. And they had that display up. And I remember seeing the Batman Happy Meal toys in the case. And I got the penguin one. And he had a little white and red propeller, right? And I had that toy. And it was from Batman Returns. So Batman Returns, first memories of Batman. This one is uh, has a very special place in my heart. And I think it's very underrated. When we talk about you know the legacy of Batman in the movies... We've had so many Batman movies and a lot of great ones, uh, but this one is sort of like forgotten because we have the ones that are really, really good that we talk about. We have the ones that are awful that we talk about, but never really this one. Yeah. Yeah. And when you, a few months ago, when we were kind of planning the back half of season three, you were, I was initially shocked that you were so prominent about, we need to talk about Batman Returns. In December, we just need to. And one of those reasons being is it's Christmas time in the movie. Right. So, is it a Christmas movie? We may discuss that. We may give our opinions. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple of thoughts on it. Absolutely. Uh, let's let's talk box office. Let's talk the numbers because I love the numbers. Absolutely. So. The budget for Batman Returns was between 65 and 80 million dollars. Uh, and at the box office, it brought in 266.9 million dollars. Now, this was uh, not really considered a big success no. because if you compare that to the 1989 Batman, it had about half the budget, about 35 to 48 million dollars. And the box office for that was 411.6 million. So half the budget, double the profit when you compare it to uh, Batman Returns. But I think that that's part of what falls into the curse of the sequel. 
However, typically you see a bigger budget in the sequel and sometime less return, sometimes similar return. But knowing that the budget didn't bring in a return of investment, as you will, the way that they probably expected. What, what I try to think about, you know, what could cause that? Well, there was a lot of backlash uh, because, you know, it's Batman. It's it's a superhero. Kids love Batman. So people are thinking this is going to be family friendly. You know, kids are going to love it. But really, this is a Tim Burton style movie. Like he had a lot of freedom because he didn't really initially want to do it. He wasn't very interested in coming back and doing a sequel. And they were like, oh, but. We want to do it your way. We want to make it a Tim Burton movie, right? Um, just happens to be in the Batman universe. And they were like, what if you didn't have to worry about, you know, the lore? What if you didn't have to worry about the fans? What if you just did it however you wanted? And that's what he did. So there's a little bit of a darker tone, even though he disagrees with that. He says, Tim Burton is quoted as saying, I thought it was far less dark. He would think that. Though. Yeah. I can't say I agree with that, but you know what? I'm not Tim Burton. That apparently was not his intent. But, I mean, you know, Danny DeVito's got, like, gook coming out of his mouth all the time. He bites a dude on the nose, almost bites his nose off. You know, uh, he's not Christopher Walking blown up. Walking around in a brown jumpsuit and hat and tux, and he's got the web fingers, as the penguin should. But yeah. I would imagine – in thrown out of windows exactly the violence the dark violence that you know what's crazy as we have this discussion at work is i don't know where this whole because one thing that you said you disliked about batman versus superman was batman killed people yeah if you go back to the old comics he snaps people's necks he had a gun he carried a gun in his utility belt at one point and shot people like old Batman comics, the man was a killer. Well, in this one, dude, I was I had no memory of this at all until I watched this yesterday. But there was a part where, like, you know, the clowns were attacking and Batman was there and he stuffed like this thing of dynamite in a dude's pants and kicked him down a well and I, like blew him up in the well. I was like, dude, Batman just killed a guy. <laughs> like, you know, where I think it started for us that mythos that Batman doesn't kill the animated series. Yeah, I would say so. If you look back, both Keaton movies, Keaton Batman killed someone in both of them, at least one person dynamite pants. And uh, he pushed one of the criminals off at the beginning when he said, I'm Batman, um, which that fall, the man did not survive. Um, I think the animated series set the tone for Batman doesn't kill. No, no, no. He brings him into justice. He doesn't kill. Well, we talked about the whole Happy Meal McDonald's thing. So McDonald's had a big deal with the studios, you know, because of uh, Batman. And they were not happy. McDonald's, when they got all this parent feedback, like, oh, it was so violent. And it was dark and it was awful and all this. And they were pretty pissed off. So, uh, you know, they had to pull that deal. So I bet those toys, I haven't looked it up. Maybe we should do that. But those toys are probably pretty valuable now since that oh, whole gosh, thing yeah. got discontinued. But that was why they didn't continue with Tim Burton. That's why he was like, all right, forget this, whatever. I'm done with y'all. And then they moved on to a completely different 
tone. You know, they did a 180. That's when we get Joel Schumacher stuff with all the neon lights and the, you know, seal songs and stuff like that. And look, let me be clear. Let me be clear. I love Batman Forever. That's the I love Batman Forever. I will I don't care. It's is it a great movie? Not really. No, but I love that movie. Okay. I can't defend Batman and Robin much. I can one day we'll do we'll we'll do a whole discussion on that. I can pick out a few redeeming things about it, but I can't really defend it. Batman Forever I love. But McDonald's really ruined this whole Tim Burton style of Batman. That was the end of it, thanks to Mickey D's. Well, it's crazy to think that, like, in this same universe, Burton was supposed to do a Superman movie with Nicolas Cage. Right. In that universe. Like, could you imagine if a Michael Keaton Batman had a partner movie with a Nicolas Cage Superman? (laughs) That would have probably, like, looking back now, like, we might be thankful that that happened. Because if you do follow the multiple Earths mentality that DC or the multiverse that Marvel puts out, there is a timeline out there that exists where that did happen. And I'd be very, very apt to, 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 try, to see that. I would love to see how bad that could have been. <laughs> that could have been a terrible movie. Um, I just looked it up on eBay, the Batman Returns. Happy Meal toys are not that valuable. You can buy them like in the packaging, the whole set of four for twenty five bucks. Ah, dead. Um, but it's a little Batmobile. There's a little purple cat car with Catwoman sticking out of it. The Batmobile when the sides go off and it's like the little narrow. I had that pod thing. I had that, and then the yellow uh, penguin thing. Did you know that there was going to be a Robin story in uh, Batman Returns? No, there was talk of it originally. Tim Burton was like really against it. He was not interested in doing it, but they really wanted to do that. I think so they could push some Robin merchandise. Um, and uh, Marlon Wayans was in the running to be Robin. Remember this? I think he probably, in my opinion, even at that time, he would have been a little too old. Like we needed, uh, especially next to you know Michael Keaton, he was still a pretty young guy at the time too. Yeah, we needed like a kid, Robin. Chris O'Donnell, he was okay. Um, he was all right for that. For that, for what it was, he was okay. Um, but yeah, so it, but it didn't happen. But it was originally going to be Marlon Wayans. Would have been an interesting choice. It would have been, and I remember an interview with him talking about it. Like there was a whole like fitting, like he got fitted mm-hmm. in the suit. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Let's talk a little bit about the penguin. Probably yeah. best part of the movie, even yeah. though it was, uh, I mean, it was Tim Burton. He thinks penguin. All right. Well, he's going to look like a penguin. <laughs> and, and so it's a posse of circus performers. Yeah. So he was like a circus performer and he convinced all these clowns and, and guys to be terrorists so that 
he could find out his birth mother. Yeah, like Pee Wee Herman uh, was his dad. And there was a whole slew of people who were in the running to be Penguin, by the way, before Danny DeVito. Um, Like, uh, oh gosh, hang on. Let me find it. There's a whole, whole bunch of them. Like uh, Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean, I think he was in the running for it. Um, Interesting. Right. It'd have been a totally Christopher Lee, Marlon Brando, uh, Brando, John Candy, Dean Martin, Alan Rickman, John Goodman, Phil Collins. Oh my God! Joe Pesci, Ray Liotta, Christopher Lloyd. Okay, with all of these, we have to slow down. With all of these comes a different kind of performance. Dustin Hoffman was originally the first choice to play Penguin, but he declined. Well, because because like if uh, if Mr. Bean is Penguin, you get a performance you know that's uppity and British by the old. Um, but think of a uh, Christopher Lloyd as Penguin. Ah, my mother, like. Each name you you named is like night and day from what we actually got with Danny DeVito. And, and, uh, and Christopher Lee. Oh, that'd have been I a, am the penguin. Peter, I can't do it. I can't get it. Tim, I can't these, do it. These flippers, I can't hold anything. I can't get in By the way, penguin. Look up the Lord of the Rings bloopers on YouTube and you'll know that <laughs> reference. <laughs> So, yeah, but luckily Danny DeVito got it, and he was so committed to the role. Uh, you'll be interested to know this. He he did the whole method acting thing. When the camera stopped rolling, he was still doing his little limp and grunting and snorting around and everything. He lived the penguin life the whole time. Uh, the makeup took, like, anywhere from two to four hours every single day. Um, and he was just, like, really – that's one of his most outstanding performances ever. You know, most people know him today from uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, which he's great in that show. Uh, But like, this is his, this is one of his greatest performances of all time. Heat check moment. This is what puts DeVito on the map. Absolutely. And him like eating the raw fish and you said that Lee Herman's his dad. Yes. He played Penguin's dad in Gotham, too. He sure did. Yep. Wow. And you remember in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, um, his friend Yvonne or something like that, I think she was the one in Texas that did the tours of the Alamo or something? Yes, yes, yes. She was the mom, Oswald's mom. All buddies with Tim Burton, I guess. They had already worked together. Yeah, because Tim Burton did. And her, they had already done Big Adventure. Yeah. Wow. But that's the thing. All we were missing was Johnny Depp. (laughs) He still had scissor hands at the time. Um, That was right before this, actually. Yeah, that was right before this. Uh, But DeVito was so interesting because, like, We'd never seen that such an animalistic version of Penguin. It's always, you know, the the monocle and the hat and the the little laugh and everything. But he was just like a, you know, like a little a little man, just a little dude. So taking it to a literal 
penguin, you know, since was such a cool idea. And, you know, it's not typically, I feel like most comic book fans like when you have the, it's at least a nod to the original, like Marvel's really good about subtly giving you like, like this most recent version of green goblin with the hood and everything, you know, that's not a spoiler. I don't feel like, Um, but like, that was a good explanation for that version of him. Like when you bring back the callbacks to the comics, we appreciate that. And it just seems to work so much better. This was not really like that, but it still worked because DeVito was so good. And Penguin is like sort of an underrated villain. I feel like he's never one of my favorites. He's never one that I care about, but he has that interesting like dynamic with, he's got the similar story to Bruce Wayne. He grew up in this well-to-do family, you know, Whereas Bruce lost his parents, they were taken from him. On this version, the mm. son was cast out. Yeah, he was cast out because he looked like a, a monster. And so he became the monster, and then the other one became the the knight in shining armor. It's interesting that the penguin they went with for the animated series, which came out after this movie, yeah. um, was like a hybrid of the Adam West penguin and DeVito's like they did. I feel like he didn't he have the flippers. He had the flipper hands, but he also, you know, wore the tux, the suit didn't have black goo out of his hand, had all the umbrellas, but then like, look at the penguins we've had. We've had um, your least favorite rendition of the penguin in Gotham. Oh, um, Taylor or whatever his name is. And in the yeah. video, Arkham video games, he's more like a cockney. He's all gruff and he's an arms dealer. It's, yeah. it's, it's one of those characters where it's like he's had so many transformations that have went under the carpet that we haven't really drawn attention to. People really focus on like if you change the Joker too much, people lose their minds. But the little mm-hmm. transitions and transformations we've done to the character of the Penguin from Adam West to now. Nobody's really raised an, an eyebrow at. And I think it a lot of it has to do with no offense to the character um, that was created for us as a villain, but where he is on the chain of favorites. Like people are almost like, you can do whatever you want with Penguin. We're not really going to yeah. care. Always. Whatever. But if you screw up Joker, Riddler, Catwoman, we're going to remember. Everybody mm-hmm. remembers and tries to forget Halle Berry's Catwoman movie. So I feel like there's a little bit of a disrespect to the character of the penguin, not caring about what you do with the penguin. So, but what's your favorite version of the penguin? It's probably between DeVito and Arkham penguin. Me too. Same. Yep. I, I really love the Agni like arm killer. Yeah. He's just very gruff yeah. and just, you know, he doesn't like, do the, wah, wah. you do the missions where you're tracking down the uh, the trucks that are carrying penguins guns and stuff. And he's like cussing out the drivers like, oh, you better lose the Batman and all this stuff. I love it. I love his version of the penguin. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when I think DeVito, my mind automatically always will go to the penguin. I mean, he's done other things like. Uh, twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and as you said Matilda. people these days have oh my god I forgot about Matilda He's he was fantastic. in taxi he was and also he was on um, uh, the Andy Kaufman movie uh, 
the Jim Carrey Andy Kaufman. And a, and a, and a, yeah, he was. But so. I, I'm not a big fan of uh, Always Sunny. I just – I'm not either. So I don't really see a lot of what – He is good. He is really good in the show. And he, re- he reunited recently with Burton to do Dumbo. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. I haven't either. I, I wasn't a heard. Dumbo fan anyways, so I haven't heard great things. <laughs> so I haven't really been like, oh, I need to check it out. Yeah, haven't even thought about it, to be honest with you. Yeah. But so let's talk about Michelle Pfeiffer. I will. I always have time to talk about Michelle Pfeiffer. Me too. Whether she's Catwoman or in Hairspray, I don't care. I will talk about Michelle Pfeiffer. And, of course, now she's in the MCU. She is, as the original Wasp. So, um, she, her suit, she went through 60 different Catwoman suits. Because they ripped and they were torn and all this stuff. And they were so skin tight that she could only wear it for like 20 minutes at a time. Yeah. And it cut off where, like, if you look, there's no ear holes. So she couldn't hear. So she was, like, screaming her lines all the time. And they had to make her speak in a lower register. That's why she did the sultry, sultry. low voice. So that she wasn't yelling all the time. So she, she couldn't hear a thing anybody was saying. <laughs> She's They're like, we um, can hear you. We can hear you. I read something somewhere that, you know, when she falls out of the window the first time and the cats are swarming on her and like biting, nibbling at her fingers and stuff, apparently they put a bunch of tuna in her pants or something. <laughs> and uh, that was how they got the cats to, to like charge at it. That's, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. And you remember the part where she was like up in Penguin's uh, bedroom and she yeah. took the bird out of the cage, you know? Man, this was before they had good CG. She literally took that live bird and put it in her mouth and held it there for a good five or six seconds and then opened her mouth and let it fly out. They did that five or six times. So I really appreciate Michelle Pfeiffer uh, because she was super committed and uh, I had forgotten just how good she was in this role until I watched it yesterday. She was phenomenal. She was so Um, good. And I remember, uh, obviously not then because I was three freaking years old, but looking back now and hearing people talk about it, people look back now and go, oh, well, she was blonde. Okay. Selena can't be blonde? Well, you know, it's just in the cartoon after this, she was brunette and Anne Hathaway's brunette and Eartha Kitt was brunette and it's like, okay. They're also fictional characters. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, she she's my favorite Catwoman. This is my favorite version of Catwoman. This is the Tim Burton Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. Hmm. And I think I'm probably in the minority on that. Uh, yeah, I imagine that most people probably prefer like Julie Newmar. She was the original uh, Adam West Catwoman, and then we had Eartha Kitt. Uh, but Michelle Pfeiffer is just my Catwoman. So agree. Um, I do enjoy the way Anne Hathaway played her in Dark Knight Rises. It felt a little more human to me, like an everyday person could be Catwoman, where Pfeiffer's to me was like this poor soul 
who was nothing like Selena that we've been given since then. This Selena was a nerdy secretary who was killed by her boss. Like the Michelle Pfeiffer at the beginning of the movie to the Michelle Pfeiffer at the end of the movie. First off, great performance. Because, <coughs> And that's another thing that I would say is, you know, people may not give the time of day to this Batman, but the performances were all 100% for me. Even... Walken's Maxwell Shrek or you know little performances um to the the weird clown thing that took the baby <laughs> down the manhole I mean uh and shout out to uh my boy Doug Jones uh he does a lot of like uh in the shape of water he played the water monster and he's he also did the same like, character in Hellboy, pretty much. Hellboy, and he was in Hocus Pocus and stuff like that. He does everything, but he was one of the tall, thin clowns. Uh, shout out to him because he, outside of like Roddy Piper, is one of my all-time favorite celebrity encounters uh, at a at a convention that I've ever had. He's the sweetest man. Anytime you talk to him on social media, he almost always answers. Um, he's just the best. That's my. He, he does like a really nice guy. He was also the physical for uh, Silver, Silver Surfer. Surfer. Yep. That's yeah, what I have a guy. autograph of that from him. Yeah. The man's not working for a long time. Oh, he's like 60. Wow. Yeah. I'd have never guessed that. Mm-hmm. Never would have guessed it. Uh, so what did you think about uh, walking in this? What a creep. Yeah, that's the first memory I have of Christopher Walken. That's what I, I knew him from. Yeah, he's a creep. It might and be I, my memory of him. And I was just noticing yesterday, I brought it up earlier, how much makeup that he had on in this movie. Yeah. that The guy that played his son went on to play Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, 2003 version. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, the villains, you know, really shine in this one, as you kind of hinted towards earlier. Not a lot of Batman time. A lot more Bruce time and villains. Probably my least favorite uh, suit because yeah. it's so rubbery and, mm-hmm. like, he just tears it off. And you can you know when him and uh, Catwoman are on the roof getting a little, hmm, a little frisky. No. Just their rubber, like the sound it's making rubbing together, just yeah, it's just too much. Too Some much. of the costumes, not great. And that was the invention of ASMR, 1992. <laughs> <laughs> Two leathers rubbing against each other was the invention of ASMR. The chick that the model girl first she got stabbed with a battering. She was just trying to light the Christmas tree, you know. She got stabbed with a battering and then dropped off the building and landed on the little panel for the Christmas tree. That was yeah. pretty dark. I'd forgotten about that. Like I thought that Batman saved her. I thought she lived. So that was a surprise to me after you know ten or so years, however long since I've seen this movie. Looking back now, we say it was dark then. We've gotten so much more dark superhero movies since then that it wouldn't shock us today if something like that. No, but like in 1994, you know, 
Batman pulling the metal panels aside and there's Christopher Walken's blown up body, yeah. you know, or however you want to describe it there. I remember as a kid, that really disturbed me. Yeah. I would usually fast forward past that part. I was yeah. a very nervous child. <laughs> Things like that. I, I didn't enjoy that. I was like, child. <laughs> I was. <laughs> well, the penguin scared me so oh. bad. <laughs> I think we need to we need to talk about this too okay christmas it's christmas right now as we speak we've been doing you know things that are more christmas themed oh i mean fellowship of the ring wasn't christmas themed but it came out at christmas so i guess that counts yeah. uh but i was like yeah we got to do batman returns at christmas time because when i think about this movie other than all the fond memories i have of it i also think about christmas because it does take place at christmas time but we've had this discussion before does a movie taking place at christmas time automatically make it a christmas movie your thoughts um i know that when when we were discussing this uh months ago when you were wanting to do this like i remember searching then other people's opinions like getting online and saying like is batman returns a christmas movie um i know that screen rant put up this big blog i don't put a whole lot of stock in stuff screen rant does uh they say it's a christmas movie uh i know i know nerdist says that it's a christmas movie um they even call it a magical christmas movie and they're (laughs) i was like i don't know how magical it is but um i believe all right, here's a scoop, and I'm going to tell you. Um, I believe it's, to me, it's more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard is. Wow. To me. To me, if someone were to say, okay, you can only pick one to be a Christmas movie, they both can't be Christmas movies. I would say, well, Batman Returns is far more a Christmas movie than Die Hard because Christmas is so much more centered. It is literally Christmas in Gotham, and I know it's Christmas in Die Hard, and there's Christmas trees on the desks and stuff like that. But at one point, Bruce says, Merry Christmas, Alfred. There's a, big, there's a lighting of a Christmas tree. There's, you know, Commissioner Gordon's helping the lovely lady light the tree. And this is definitely a Christmas movie. Interesting, because my decision was... Uh... That even though the first scene of the movie, other than the you know prologue with with little baby penguin, first scene is the lighting of a Christmas tree, and it does happen at Christmas time, and it does end with Alfred and Bruce Wayne saying "Merry Christmas" to one another. I said that it's probably not a Christmas movie, hmm. because couldn't it also be a Fourth of July fireworks event? 
Happy Fourth of July, Alfred. Oh, we're going to hit the button to set off all the fireworks, and Miss Gotham is going to be the one to press the button. Hmm. See, I know that normally when you say something's a Christmas movie, it follows the typical basic feel-good remedy um, where this movie does not. Okay. Is Christmas the center of the story? Are there lots of Christmas hymns being sung or heard? Um, are gifts being given? Are there Christmas trees? You know, Die Hard had a lot of that, a lot more than Batman did. Now, I say that, but if we want to say it's a Christmas movie, I'm totally okay with it because it's Christmas time and I just watched it and there were a lot of Christmassy things in it and it it fit. It felt right. It felt it felt right. You know, it felt right. Polarization so, Christmassy too. And I did right away associate it with Christmas when we said, oh, December, we should do Christmassy things. And I said, oh, Batman Returns. I did automatically make that association. But my decision upon watching it yesterday was, no, I think probably it's not a Christmas movie. But if I'm in the minority in that mindset, I will gladly admit defeat and welcome it into the, the Christmas, Christmas group of movies. <laughs> Well, like, you know, like Alfred's buying Christmas presents in the city. Uh, he could have been going to buy mustard for the barbecue. <laughs> but that that's another thing that we easily could should have done at the beginning of this month is the definition of a Christmas movie. Whose do you follow? Do you follow, you know, what Webster says is a a Christmas movie? Do you follow what mainstream calls a Christmas movie? Do you follow what you do follow, you find as a you follow your heart? That's what you follow. My <laughs> follow your heart. Well, mine. I'm gonna. <laughs> it's a Christmas movie. You know, my heart says yes as well. So, I will. I'll change my opinion. I like that. You see. Ladies and gentlemen, nerds and nerdettes, he changed his opinion based off of a good conversation and listening to a semi-educated discussion about why I think it's a Christmas movie. Um, it was, well, to be fair, it was more of I just really wanted to be a Christmas movie. Yeah. I just didn't feel like it justified it, but I'm gladly changing camps. I think it would be interesting. The Tim, did you intend it to be a Christmas movie or a movie at Christmas? Because, like, if you ask, if you look up interviews with the different people who work on Die Hard, some of them say it just turned into a Christmas movie. It was not intended to be a Christmas movie. People made it a Christmas movie. So, if you follow that logic, we dictate what's a Christmas movie and what's not. We're also the damn society that does Christmas in July on Hallmark. So. Well, and also it was released in June. And it was a summer oh. movie. So yeah. it's not like people are going, you know, to see the Santa Claus four in March. So, <laughs> but anyway, let, tell us your thoughts, people, nerds out there. Tell us, is Batman Returns a Christmas movie? If you're not sure, you should go and watch it again and, formulate an opinion and maybe make a better argument than me because I, I gave in way too easily.
also, uh, I see in the notes that uh, you want to discuss something that I al- always love to discuss, the legacy of Batman. Or is it just the legacy of this movie? The legacy of the Tim Burton Batman. Okay. Um, yeah. Because we did get, as we've mentioned, we got the sequels that you know are looked down upon very, very heavily. Uh, love me some Batman forever. Yeah. Do without Batman and Robin, as most of us would yeah. agree, I think. Um, but that was the legacy because at the time, the violence, the Tim Burton way, it was too much. So we we changed things. And those movies, you know, I don't know how successful they were or not. I know the legacy is not a very positive one. But luckily for Batman fans like us, the legacy of the Tim Burton Batman is getting a, a new direction now because we're going to see the return of him in, in the Flash movie. And that's confirmed. Yeah. That's um, you know, no secret. So we're all really excited about that because Michael Keaton is one of the favorites. He is. He's a Batman for an entire generation. And it's it's funny that he's a Batman for the same generation that would tell you George Clooney is not a Batman. Like, they're really looking at it like we're technically the same generation, but not the same generation. I really liked the idea of George Clooney as Batman. He wasn't. I will give him, I will see that he was not a terrible Bruce Wayne. I liked his Bruce, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I liked his Bruce. The minute that he had a semi-anatomically correct bat suit (laughs) is when things should have been questionable someone i gotta say should we do this (laughs) all this all this talk about these old batman movies like this really makes me want to continue and like i want to go and watch batman forever now and i want to dig into it and i want to talk about it i want to kind of watch batman and robin you know and just see what's there and dive into what went wrong so maybe we can throw those on the agenda. We can pencil them in for season four. Yeah. So you'll have to tune in for that, folks. Absolutely. I'm excited for the Flash movie, man. I'm excited for explanations. Like, where are we going with this? Why are we doing it? Is it really a soft DC reboot? Because we do know that as of right now, Matt Reeves is interested in doing his own trilogy, not his Batman creating a Justice League. Just a Batman alone. Christopher Nolan style, like he did his trilogy. Bell was not going to create a Justice League. There was going to be no crossovers. Reeves is pretty much doing the same thing. So it's like... So are we just going to move on with things like that? Like, especially when Batman's involved, are we going to always have multiple Batman going on? Because you've got the greater DC universe that like, we need a, a can, we need a specific Batman to be with the justice league for continuity's sake, but no, these people can do their own trilogies with a completely different Batman. That's fine. Cause they're not, they're only doing trilogies. And if so, You've got explaining to do because one thing that you always go back to is the the average moviegoer. Yeah. Not someone like you and I. 
the average moviegoer, and I think I said this in the group text the other day, the average moviegoer is next year is going to see three different live action Batman. You're going to see Robert Pattinson's Batman, Michael Keaton's Batman, and Batfleck return for a movie. Because Batfleck's in the Flash. The average moviegoer is going to be like, okay, well, what, what, what's going on? Why are there three? This one's over here doing his own thing, and it's Edward from Twilight, and this one's over here. I thought he quit, and this one's from right. 1989. Like, what, what? So, and it would be like, imagine if, like, we had, imagine if we had the Tom Holland Spider-Man in the Sony movies. Also, they went ahead and released an Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man, at you know a couple months after that, and then we go back and let's say things didn't work out with Tom Holland and Disney and MCU and stuff. And then we had a different Spider-Man that was teaming up with the Avengers. It would be like that. It'd be a mess. It would be old man, Spider-Man with Toby. Exactly. Like we'll be like, wait, there's three. I guess I'm just, I'm curious. You know, Marvel just made it work so well, even for the average moviegoer. I, I, I fear that, in the coming year, and I think I even also said this in the group text, DC should be prepared for a lot of confusion and a lot of trolling online because the average moviegoer is not going to be content with three different live-action Batman. <laughs> and, and it's just, it's, it's facts are facts. Uh, yeah, and yeah. this is a Batman fan, a DC guy, saying you might as well prepare for it. Next year's gonna you could possibly see even more DC hate. I it's frustrating for me as someone just who really loves Batman, like I'm not a DC guy or whatever. Um, and it's frustrating for me to have all this potential. So I can't imagine how someone like you feels who <laughs> does have more of a connection to all these characters and this this lore. So I feel for you guys all the time on the DC end. But especially after we get such great things like you know what we've got from Marvel this year. Last year of Marvel, pretty much just I'm telling you, it's uh it's enough to make a man switch sides. <laughs> uh, it's something to think about. It but is. something else to think about is uh going on the old internet and leaving some reviews for your boys. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us how we can do that? Well, it's easy. Uh Whatever your podcast platform you're listening to, most of them have the opportunity to leave reviews and ratings. You can also do that on Facebook and stuff like that. Uh, And our dearest little Emma, she she really only craves one rating. And that's... Five stars! And how could you say no? The sweetest voice wants five stars. In fact, that's all she asked Santa Claus for. Was five stars. Please give give five stars on on my daddy and uncle Tyler's podcast. That's all I want for Christmas. Or one wish. That's and that's so selfless of her. She could have anything for Christmas at her age, and she wants everyone to give five star ratings. Come on, man. She's my child, of course. Of course. You know what else is crazy? Next week. Next, next time, whenever, whenever it is, at some point, it will definitely be before the first of the year. I can. We are 
gonna have our big grand finale of and this is probably the most excited you've been since the hobbit month (laughs) i'm very very excited i have been doing some preparation because we're talking about uh a, a legend and all this stuff that we love a legend in pop culture comic books movies the whole deal and we're talking Stanley. Um, I'm really excited about it. We're going to talk a little bit about his origins and how he got started. We're going to talk about all the great things that he gave us, all the uh, the great characters that he was a part of creating. And uh, of course, the what, what people today know him best for all of his great cameos in the MCU. So uh, all that and more next week on the big grand finale. I can't believe it's Three whole seasons that we've done here. Done. Uh, we, yeah. want, we all have three seasons in the can. Uh, big fourth season coming up. Uh, some may call it the fantastic fourth season of 30 and Nerdy Pod. Uh, I've heard it said. I've heard, I've heard that that's going around the mill, is that it's going to be the fantastic fourth season of 30 and Nerdy Podcast. But I'm excited for everything coming. Um, and more planning and we're going to be uh, definitely in season four we're going to be offering a lot more video content whether it's more experiments like we did with ghostbusters little deep dives things like that but we're going to be rearranging the fortress a little bit and doing some more video content even if not every episode makes video content we're going to do something it's going to be a lot of fun you're going to get I'm a little invite more. you into the fortress. Yes, I was about to say that you're actually going to get invited into the fortress. And we waited for our fantastic fourth season to do so. Um, this is part. I know I keep repeating that, but I just I keep hearing people saying in the community, I can't wait for the fantastic fourth season of 30 and 30 podcast. It's just going to be so <laughs> great. It's, it's going to be huge. It's going to be fantastic. Tremendous. It's going to be the most fantastic thing since a man turned into a rock and a kid turned into a fiery guy. It's going to be a lot of things. (laughs) Germany's tried it. Japan's tried it. They didn't do it. We're doing it. Fantastic fourth season of 30 and 30 podcast. And the best way to stay up to date on all that is to go to the directory at 30nerdypodcast.com. You can find all of our social medias. Anything you disagreed with in this episode, please send all of your hate to at nerdyjd1. Send me those Batman Forever hate tweets. (laughs) Tell him how you think George Clooney is the best Batman ever. Please tell him that. Tell him how you wanted Christopher Lloyd as the Penguin. Please tell him that. Should have been Christopher Lloyd. Should have been Christopher Lloyd. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, dude, we are one episode away from the end of season three. I'm excited. I hope you had a, you have a, as we're recording, I hope you have a fantastic Christmas. Um, Hope you get everything you deserve, which is a lot of coal and (laughs) stuff like that. I got Spider-Man, so I'll take the call. That's fine. <laughs> exactly right. You're pretty uh, much love to you, man. Cheers to you. Cheers to all you. the listeners out there. We're thankful for you guys. Much love to you all. Cheers to you. Um, and and, and all the Merry Chrysler. <laughs>